Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I'm so glad that you have joined me once again for our look at health. We've been looking at uh, this topic. Uh, the importance of having health and the way to health with Jesus. We can see that Jesus was always healing the sick while he was on the earth. We have so many good stories and, and different testimonies in the Bible how Jesus came upon impossible situations, ruined, torn, uh, devastated people, and he picked them back up. We know that one account in the Bible where Jesus went to a man that was laying on a mat. He had been there for years, and he told him to pick up his mat. And uh, he said, I can't. I've been laying here for years. And Jesus said, go ahead. You can do it. And he gave him the power to rise, and he was crippled no more. It's just beautiful stories. He healed the blind and women with issues of blood. He still he still heals women with issues. I was a woman with issues. Let me tell you, I had more issues than you probably do. I had all kind of issues. Um, but when Jesus appeared to me in 2001, he healed me emotionally. He healed me mentally. He healed me spiritually. He, and then he healed me physically. I was in physical torment for a period of three years from a domestic violence assault. But he was able to heal me completely from that uh, with one touch of his hand. You know, he is God. And the neat thing about Jesus is that he still heals people today all over the world. And he heals them. Uh, you know, he, he made a house call to me. And he also heals people in, in, in prayer lines. You know, when you lay, lay hands on the sick, the Bible tells us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And even if you're not able to have somebody pray for you and to lay hands on you, you can say, like I did, Father, please heal me. You know, I can't go on like this. And I had to wait for three years. I waited for God to do something because medical science could not fix me. I was, there was no hope for me. Uh, you cannot put together a cracked cranium. My skull had been crushed on concrete and my skeletal system had shifted from its place and I was a nightmare on two feet. Okay. And they, they couldn't do anything for me. And you know, that's a lot of times that's when God steps in. After man has has tried all, all that they can do, and there is no hope, and you get the death certificate. You know, they basically gave me a death certificate saying, uh, you'll never live a normal life. You'll always be in pain. And don't do anything too much where you could land on your head, because if you had land on your head once, you'll be dead because that's the condition of the x-rays and all the MRIs, etc. But you know, when Jesus came, he, he, he negated human, human ability because he is God and he healed me and it didn't take him long at all. He, I was healed, do you know, cause he is God. And so we just need to put our trust and our hope in Jesus. There are different events of sicknesses and uh, God will restore you. And you must have faith. You must believe that he's able and that he will heal you. 
That is faith that I know that God is able to heal me. And I believe that God wants to heal me because God loves you and God wants you healthy. He wants you to be in great shape. He wants to give you a life worth living. He came to give you life more abundantly, but you have to let him. And, you know, that's one of the things the angels spoke to me. They said, the Lord God Almighty has sent us to heal you from your pain if you will let us. And I thought, if you will let him. And I just couldn't believe it. I waited three years and you're asking me this. I thought, this is crazy. This is crazy. What do you mean if I'll let you? But what they were saying was if God heals you today and you continue in sin and sin is death and you will still experience death to your body. And no matter how many times Jesus would want to heal me, if I didn't leave iniquity, I would still be sick. Do you see? So when Jesus healed me, he wanted me to come separate myself from death, okay, and live with him in life and depart death, which is Satan and sin. So it's very interesting. God wants us to be whole people. He doesn't want to come and heal you today and you continue in sin and Satan's a legalist and allowed to wreak havoc in your body. Do you see? But Jesus can heal you. We know that um, we have to believe God because that is what pleases God when we have faith and confidence in his ability because the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith, without believing in God and believing that he loves you and he wants to do you good, it's impossible to please God. God wants you to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Unbelief, well, I don't know, you know, I don't believe that will only hinder or abort completely your healing. So when when doubt and unbelief come in, oh, I don't know if God wants me to be healed. I don't know if God can heal me. I don't know if God will heal me. You need to resist the devil because that's the voice of the devil. And you need to resist the voice of the devil because we live on the earth. We're bombarded with things in all kind of different voices. But Jesus says in Psalm 23, uh, what Jesus says throughout the word of God, that he is the good shepherd. But he says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. It's very important to know God's voice versus the devil's voice. And we will know Jesus' voice by knowing the word of God. Okay? We have to know. We have always going back to that word of God. Word of God. Without it, we will be destroyed. And so we're always bombarded by these different voices. And the devil will come in and say, God's not going to do something for you. And you have to resist that and say, Father, I thank you that I have prayed for my healing. I believe that I'm your kid in your kingdom, right? And that your kingdom is full of life and health to all my flesh and my mind. Okay, and you want every good thing for me. And you will build me up to be a person of inheritance on earth and in eternity. That's who God is. And so your healing will come. You know, I used to sing. I used to sit in my cottage and sing songs to Jesus about one great day he was going to come and heal me. I used to sing and sing and sing. And one great day I was going to be able to tell the world about this beautiful miracle he did for me. And here it is 19 years later. And I'm telling you. And see, God is a God of miracles. And God is a God that everything is on his watch. 
you know, your healing, the timing for your, for your deliverance, your healing, whatever it is that you're needing is on his calendar. Trust me, you are on his calendar and it will be in his time because it tells us through faith. We believe in patience. We'll wait. We receive. Amen. So that's the good news. And we know that God is no respecter of person and that God will, that God will heal us in his time. You know, something about God that a lot of people might overlook. Let's check this one out. We know that God heals, but did you know that God also wounds? Let's, let's read this. Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning in verse 39. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal, neither is there any that can deliver me out of my hand. God is the God that wounds and he heals. He kills and he makes alive. He alone is God. And we need to come underneath the fact and see him in his totality. We know that God wounded Saul of Tarsus, as is stated in the book of Acts chapter 9, that God wounded Saul of Tarsus. He was on the road to Damascus and he was killing Christians and uh, he was, well, he was mistreating Christians and making sure they were thrown into, to prison. And so God had to get a hold of this guy and stop him from hurting people, right? And so God, what did God do? He stopped, he apprehended Paul, Saul, and he blinded him. So God wounded Paul. But God, why did God wound Paul? What was the, what was behind him wounding Paul? It was love. It was love. Because God was stopping Paul's, Saul's iniquity. And turning him towards righteousness so that he could be a person of inheritance. So God wounded Saul. And we know days later, he, I mean, he wounded him by blinding him and he was put away for a couple of days, right? And then, um, God opened his eyes and gave him back his eyesight. So he wounded and he healed. See, and it's all for salvation. You know, God is, God is a God that we need to respect, enjoy, and fear. We need to, to live accordingly to what He's commanded underneath Him. We need to come back to the fear of God and the enjoyment of God and to the understanding of God as is recorded for us in the Bible. We know that, um, God judged Miriam. In the book of Numbers, chapter 12, God got a hold of Moses' sister. Her name was Miriam because she was bad-mouthing Moses. And that's just not okay for, for people to bad-mouth God's leaders. God does a lot to make a leader. And the leader, <laughs> the leader goes through much to be a leader for God's sake and the souls of men. Okay? It's, uh, it's quite a, it's quite a training, uh, making program, let me tell you. And the reason people step up to the plate and say, yes, Lord, is because of love in the reality of existence to save life, to save life. That's why I'm in ministry, to save life. And that's the reason. So we know that God judged Miriam. He put leprosy on her. He wounded her 
with leprosy so she wouldn't be a castaway in iniquity. He has to correct his own children so that, that we're not condemned with the world. The Bible tells us that. So, so a lot of times in, in, in our sickness, when we're examining ourselves, it could have been through iniquity, our sin, playing with sin, right? And we've allowed Satan to come in. Or it could be God correcting us to get us to change our course. We know that God wounded um, Saul of Tarsus to change his direction for him to stop the iniquity he was doing and to serve him in righteousness. We know that God wounded, touched Miriam's health, and, and put leprosy on her to turn her from iniquity and towards uh, righteousness and for her to, to respect and be kind and say righteous things about her brother Moses instead of bad-mouthing and slandering him. Uh, God has said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And that goes across the board. Not even family is an exemption from that. You know, Miriam was family, so she thought she could bad-mouth the, uh, the worker of God. But she found out differently. So we can see where health, our health is, is, uh, touched in, in different areas, you know, by sin, letting Satan in and death comes to our body or by, uh, God wounding. Okay. And when God wounds, we need to get, we need to say, I'm sorry, Lord, I know you're trying to teach me. And then we get back in line. Okay. So that God uses that as a correction. And we can see by those two examples, solitarsis. In Miriam, that God does that. We can also see that God restores a destroyed people after enduring their trial. You know, we can look, take a look at James uh, for chapter four, beginning in verse eleven. It reads, "Behold, we count them happy which endure. Endure means bear up under and keep going. Have you had to ever had your temper?" You know, your temper is just to the boiling point. It's like a pressure cooker. Uh, Mom had one of those in the kitchen growing up, and she would put stuff in there, and this, this lid, and it would just, you know. And um, I don't ever remember it blowing up and, and the lid taking off, but it could have any minute, you know. And a lot of times we get like that in our trials and different things that go on. But God stretches that temper out so we don't blow up and we just let it like stretch out and dissipate. <laughs> and we're enduring things. Well, that's what Job did in his trial. Job was a destroyed man. They didn't just touch one thing. They touched it all. I don't think there was a place Satan didn't put his finger on to destroy in his life. And God said, you can destroy it all except for him. Right? And we know that uh, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. So in a trial, you know, we need patience and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful end of tender mercy. And we can see where Job in 42.10 received twice as much as he had before after he prayed for his friends. God restored Job. So we can see that Job's health was affected by Satan. Okay. And we can see that he was attacked. That's why his health was in, you know, he was in the shape he was. He, he had boils all over his body, but the devil wasn't allowed to take his life, but he did mess with his health. And we can see where Job just turned to the Lord. He didn't turn away from God and 
you know, blame God. He didn't, he didn't leave God in his attack. And we can see where God ended that nightmare and gave him back his health in twice as much as he had before. Okay. We can see in the Bible in John chapter nine, beginning in verse one through 11, that God healed a man who was born with a deformity. And it's interesting in this, in this uh, scripture that, um, they asked, they asked, why was this man born this way? Uh, was it, uh, was it, was it because of his sin, his parents' sin? And in verse, in, in verse three here, Jesus answered and said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. See, so it's, it's interesting that this man was actually born with a deformity. It's stated right here that the works of God could be made manifest. They could appear in his life. He was actually born to shine as a bright light, the magnificence of Almighty God's ability to heal. Isn't that interesting? So if you're out there with a deformity, don't throw in the towel. God has made you to, to be a light of his glory and just expect God to heal you in uh, that story for you. I want you to read that story. It's found in John chapter nine, beginning in verse one through 11. It's a beautiful story. We also know that Jesus, um, healed a man that Peter injured. You know, Peter um, and the apostles after the Last Supper, they sang a song. I, I think that's very interesting that they were singing on their way to Gethsemane. Isn't that amazing? You know, Gethsemane was a place where Jesus surrendered his will to the God. We know that there was a, that, you know, Jesus didn't, his flesh wasn't looking forward to being slaughtered as I'm sure yours and eyes, we wouldn't have wanted to run to the cross, you know, to get slaughtered. And he, in the garden of Gethsemane said, not my will, but yours be done. You know, if there's any other way that mankind can be saved from their sins, you know, and God's like for this end, you were born, you know, I created a body for you. I created a body for you to be slaughtered in and I'm with you, you know, and, and I'll make sure that you're okay. I could just hear the Lord, you know, over him, you know, his son, his one and only son. And uh, what a what a hard thing for Jesus to do, you know. And uh, when Judas appeared and all of the Roman officials and army to to take Jesus away, Peter wasn't happy with that because Peter loved Jesus. Peter wasn't looking at the global project that Jesus had to die on a cross for the souls of men. Peter was looking at Jesus, loved him with all of his heart, and, and was going to attack, and he did attack the people that came for his friend, Jesus. And he took out his sword and he cut the guy's ear off. He just cut it off. And um, so Jesus, uh, in the book of Luke, beginning in verse 22... Luke 22, beginning in verse 50, and he says, And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And so Peter was the one that did that. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched the ear, and he healed 
he healed him. We know that even if we make a mistake against our fellow man, and maybe you have been a violent person and you have caused people harm, or you have caused others harm in some way physically, you can pray and say, Father, forgive me for hurting this person. Please heal them. You know, Jesus will reach down and heal your mistake. I just think that's so beautiful. You know, Peter was wrong. And he wasn't looking at the global project uh, from heaven's viewpoint. He was looking at his friend. How dare you do this to my friend, you know? So, and his friend was the son of God that was born to speak of the truth and to be the Passover lamb. So, but Jesus, he heals our mistakes. You know, he's healed many of my mistakes. Um, he's been a very gracious, merciful God, and he will heal your mistakes as well. Uh, Jesus heals the accidental falling to death. We know in the book of Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 7, uh, it talks about how Paul was uh, speaking. And it says how Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, you know, just picture Paul. He was preaching and there was this guy named Eutychus. And, and he, he began to, he just began to nod off and he slowly went to sleep and he sunk down with sleep and he fell down from the third loft. Three stories high, he fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. He was taken up dead, and Paul went down to Eutychus and fell on him. Can you just picture that? <laughs> you know, this preacher was just talking and talking named Paul, and Eutychus was up on the third floor, and he began to fall asleep, sink down, and there he lands right in Paul's meeting, and he's dead. And what does Paul do? He runs over, and he lays on this guy and embraces him, and he spoke these words, Trouble not yourselves. For his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, and that had broken bread, and and eaten, and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. So Eutychus was dead, and Jesus raised him from the dead right there at their gathering they had uh, where they were learning about the word of God. <laughs> so, you know, whatever situation you find your health being, um, being, you know, jarred loose in any of the areas that we've discussed, say there's hope because Jesus is alive and loves to heal. Amen. We can see in the book of Luke chapter 13, where Jesus looses a sick woman that was bound by Satan, bound by Satan. So we know that Sickness can become by the union we have with Satan. Okay? So what did Jesus do? He separated her from the devil is what he did. And he set her free. And this demon had her for years and she was bowed down under it until Christ loosed her from the devil as recorded for us in the scripture. We also know in the book of John chapter 11, that Jesus raises the dead. We have the story of Lazarus, his friend Lazarus, Mary and Martha. And we know that Lazarus was dead for three days. And uh, Mary and Martha were very upset, very upset at Jesus that he didn't come to prevent the death of their brother. They said, what's up with you? You know, when he arrived at the scene, they came out running and what's, where have you been? You know, you're our friend and you, we, we sent word to you that he was sick and, and you come this late. I mean, he's already in the grave. He's already in the grave, Jesus. 
you're late. And Jesus is like, where did you bury him? Because God was gathering an audience. Because that we know that when God does miracles, people believe in God. When people believe in God, that means salvation for them. That means an inheritance with God on earth and an inheritance in heaven for eternal, with eternal life and great reward. And we know this story, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus spoke to a dead man and he got up and he came walking and the whole crowd was, <gasps> you know, but Jesus still raises the dead today. So, you know, let's just go over the steps we should do when sickness comes and knocks on our door. Number one, let's examine our life to see if there's any sin present. Let's confess our sin and get right with God, right? And number two, if sickness is due to accident, injury, or birth, be of good cheer because we have seen that God heals all kinds of situations. There's no situation that God cannot heal. And you might find yourself in any of these categories that we've studied over the course of time here. We can see that uh, if sickness is present due to a trial, fight the good fight of faith all the way to victory. I know one day I got up and I was just smashed with the flu. I just felt terrible. And I said, Lord, what is this? What is this? And he said, fight the good fight of faith. That's exactly what he said to do. I thought, you know, you, you know, you need to heal me, right? And he was telling me, no, you're going to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to believe that you will, you know, you're going to be healed. I'm going to have you fight the good fight of faith. And it was days before I got better. But see, you just stay the course and you read your word and you, you take care of yourself as normal, right? And eventually sickness is gone because Jesus is what? He's life. Jesus is life, and we know that he's asked us to fight the good fight of faith. We also can read the word and confess the healing scriptures over our life when we're sick. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so we can, when we're sick, we can say, Father, I thank you that your word is life and health to all my flesh. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 forward. I love that one. It says, If you attend to my word, if you read my word, observe my word, and do my word, then the word, Jesus, the word of God, Revelation 19, 13, is life and health to all my flesh. And I say that every time something tries to come upon me and it has to go. It has to go because death has no place in me because Jesus is life. Amen. So it's just all good. And there's so many different beautiful healing scriptures that you can quote over your life. Example, one of them, Isaiah 53, 5. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And we know his beaten, broken body was given for us to give us everything there is for life in godliness. It's just a beautiful exchange. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17 for I will restore health unto thee, God is saying. I will restore health unto thee. I will restore you, says the Lord. I will give you health. There's nobody that that's sick out there that God cannot heal or doesn't want to. It doesn't matter how you got to where you are. God can bring you back to health. God wants to restore health 
unto you, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, says the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeks after. But see, the Lord sees you wherever you are, and he says, I will restore health unto you. And we can see so many, many beautiful prayers and then, you know, the ones that pray for you, you might have people coming to visit you while you are sick. And if they don't, if they don't believe the way you do, you don't need to be, have them around you. You need to have people of faith around you. You know, you need to have people that believe in Jesus because having uh, unbelievers around you is not a good idea. You know, even Jesus, when he went in to heal uh, Peter's mother-in-law or somebody or this little girl named Tabitha, one of the people that he made a house call to, he said, everybody out. And he kept two of his apostles in because he took the unbelievers and he put them out because he didn't want them nearby because he doesn't operate in unbelief. Jesus operates in faith. Oh, you of great faith. Have faith in God. And Jesus is all about faith. So in James chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Any among you sick? See, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, that's believing, shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. See, maybe one of the reasons was iniquity brought in the sickness. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so we must walk to our healing by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith. We believe God and not by sight. Well, I don't know God because I'm still sick. And God's like, where's your faith? Like when Jesus told me uh, when I woke up that day and I was smashed with flu and I said, what's this? And he said, fight the good fight of faith. What does faith say? Well, it confesses the healing scriptures. It believes that, you know, God is going to bring life and health back to my flesh. And I did exactly what I tell you to do. And guess what happened? I let go of infirmity, right? So we don't doubt the promises of the word of God because it says a double-minded man is tossed to and fro and he may not receive anything of the Lord. So we need to, we need to continue on in faith and do not give way to panic in your infirmity. First uh, Peter 3, 6 tells us, uh, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters are you, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. You know, don't panic if something uh, goes wrong. You need to remain in peace. Saturate yourself yourself in gospel music. Saturate yourself in the word of God. Give no place to the devil. Don't let him come in anymore, right? And remember, storms come and then storms go. And we have to remain in peace. We need to believe in miracles. And we need to enjoy this journey with God. We need to also, as we're walking out our journey to health, we need to walk in integrity and enjoy the Lord and, and to serve Him with all of our hearts and all of our souls. So I want you today to enjoy your journey with Jesus and enjoy health in Christ.
market. Aleron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rieleron today at www.rieleron.org.